This is the one with some lapping around. Zardoz growing crack. An obnoxious infusion of oriental leaves containing a high percentage of toxic acid. It's called The Awakening. Here we Here go. Here we go. We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Thalan, Oot, and the Cybertronic race. Sontarans look like taters and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and read on iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be than who back when? Who back when? Well, hello and welcome, beautiful, wonderful, mama, superb people out there in podcast land, to another episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Past. In DD. Uh, that beautiful <laughs> interluding voice there is uh, joining me for 50% of your hosting uh, delights. Let's call them that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's one, it's the only, the marvellous Leon. Hello, Leon. Hello, Jim. What an introduction. And hello, podcast land. Yes, hello, hello to Leon, hello to podcast land. I am Jim, giving you the what's what in whatever this was that happened. Yeah. <laughs> C C132, we call this the awakening. That's right. Holy moly. <laughs> Do you, do do you I want detect? to get anything, <laughs> <laughs> anything out there early, or like just get something off my chest? Um, yeah, yeah. This was insane. It made no sense to me, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was I was with you up until the last statement. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean to put it in timed context, like yeah, flux flux has just finished. Lots yeah, of no spoilers. Have I haven't been... seen the finale yet. No, no, no spoilers whatsoever. Like even okay. even retroactive for when is is listened to in the future when flux is but decades past. You know, lots of people have made comments, not necessarily complaints, about the complexity in flux and how many things were going on and all this kind of stuff. And I I feel like I grasped all of that to you know larger and lesser degrees. I'm sure. But this two-part serial, 50 minutes worth of television, I have n- yep. not a Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm not going to get uh, many of my introductory questions answered tonight. Um, that's fine. That's fine. Some things, some works of art are not meant to be understood, Jim. You know, oh, we I just see. need to That's the card you're it. playing. Right. No, no. We, we have to get into this proper. So let's, let's get this bite-sized chunk of who out of the way first, shall we? <laughs> Ooh, let's. Time for us to synopsize, lebify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brew and listen to this overview. This free for all we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who. In an attempt to make good on his promise to return Tegan home, Doc takes Team Tardis to the English countryside and the possibility of encountering her grandfather. That chance, buddy because though they appear to have landed in the midst of a harmless, if not a little rambunctious, historical reenactment, there's a Zardos head inside a church wall, and obviously some timey-wimey shenanigans afoot. This ancient, appropriately named evil has arrived in the little hamlet and may be using emotional energy to create rifts in space-time, or something not wholly sure about that. We'll probably get to the bottom of it in this review. In any case, now the Doctor, Turlow, and a damsel in distress where certain used to be a capable companion must sort it all out before before the world implodes, or something. <laughs> Beast go over. You are welcome. Aren't 
you just. <laughs> I don't feel massively welcome after watching this serial. <laughs> well, do, do you want to take us take it away then? Like, wh- wh- what's your beef, man? I mean, well, okay, I don't have an opening question, to be perfectly frank. The only question I wrote down as a top-level kind of thing mm-hmm. was, what the fuck did I just watch? That's super similar to my top introductory question, which was just, what? In Terabang? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> What is it that the uh, malice wants? No clue. Yep. Yeah, we're not going to get to the bottom of this. Okay, here we go. Here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I give up already. We're five minutes into the recording. I give up. I'm going to Todd's wiki. I'm going to find out what this <laughs> bastard does. Malice. Here we go. The malice was the war machine that made up the first stage of the Hakolian invasion that never happened. It was created to carry out preemptive strikes prior to the arrival of the Jarak and then the Hakolians themselves. Uh, this is largely from a novel. I vaguely recall there being a reference to this being like a preliminary bit towards an invasion and then yeah but bugger all else being spent spent on that idea at all <laughs> so here we go the the manus was sent to earth in a computer controlled reconnaissance vehicle made partly from tinklavik and lay dormant until the 17th century it awoke in 1643 when the english civil war came to little hodcomb and <laughs> i've never said that out loud <laughs> sounded very much like something else um <laughs> and began using the psychic energy generated by the negative emotions and bloodshed. The malice, or malice, became dormant again once the violence violence subsided. Boom, there we go. All right, now we know. Yeah, clear as mud. (laughs) Do you like it now? I already like this episode a little bit more. Should, should I tell you the score that I wrote down after watching this? Yes. Or okay, is it, oh, cool. And then I will setting... make it my mission to talk you up. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell you the, the rating I've okay. written down. Okay, drum roll. Okay. I wrote down a big fat zero. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> what? I wrote down 3.7. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, so... you might get me up to the point seven. <laughs> Okay, I look forward to you talking me down and me talking you up. Because seriously, <laughs> zero? That's crazy bananas. Okay. It was just such nonsense. I mean, it was two episodes, so yeah. they're going to tell a different story, yeah. that's for sure. But well, I wanted to ask oh you about God. that, actually. Because the last time that we had a two-episode, a two-parter, I think the last time, was Black Orchid. And that very much also had a different feel to it. Like You have to, you have to pace a story very differently if you have half the, the available, you know, screen real, or, you know, airtime real estate. So uh, I think in the end, at least speaking only for myself, I think I judged it slightly differently because it was a different format. Would you say that you, or would you be amenable to judging this one slightly differently, given that it doesn't operate under the same parameters as a normal four-parter? I mean, I feel like going to Black Orchid as an example for how I should be talked up on this is not a great start, because I'm pretty sure I gave that maybe a 0.8. I've forgotten that. (laughs) Oh, shit, bananas. What did I give it? Hang on, let me look it up. I gave it 0.8. Yes, you gave it 2.4. Okay, so I sense a pattern. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> fine. Okay, so what was well? Okay, yeah. Sorry, go for it. I, I just, I'll put out one thing which dawned on me right towards the end of this, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll see if it niggles at you as it had obviously niggled at me for a while without realizing. Yeah. Um, so I ended up with a note 
yeah, really quite far to the end, at least to the far of the end of my notes. I think I might have just stopped making notes because I was just like, so like, what the fuck is this? Like my notes was the end, just end up with some crap about tea. Like that's that's the level of note taking I was ready. But before that, I had a an observed point, you know, other than just being dismissive, of Doc's basically narrating this entire serial. I feel like 50% oh, of the Doctor's dialogue is either straight up exposition or theorizing about what's going to happen so we don't have to see what's going to happen sort of thing it's like if we don't do this that's going to happen oh this might be what he talked about i had a chat with with uh, peter zunich the zunmeister and he mentioned there's at some point we would encounter speaking directly to camera i wonder if this was it and i just i didn't pick up on it um oh maybe that's that's a very interesting take on it i mean even if that's the case and i just missed it it clearly did not bother me to that degree. Can, yeah. you, can you give me an example? Was there a particular scene or a sequence or something where where you felt that it was just a little bit too doctor guided? I don't know. Like this is probably not a great example, but for example, when we have the the exorcist moment with the the secondary malice creature in the TARDIS, that's yeah. like spinning spinning its head around the little spider and, monkey. Yeah, and like obviously, loved it. It's not. <laughs> What did, yeah, I didn't love it. But anyway, it was there. That was a thing. <laughs> yeah. And Doc's fiddling with the console to do stuff to <laughs> get it out the TARDIS. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, well, if I can lock the signal conversion unit onto the frequency of the psychic energy feeding it, I might be able to direct the malice. And Wolsey throws in, is that possible? Well, there's a remote chance as a doctor. I don't know. It's, it was just little bits like that, which you might accept in a, in a serial because there's always techno babble. You know what it might be? It might be that I was distracted by other things in that scene that I didn't didn't like, that I wasn't on board for. But what you just read out, to me, that's that feels like perfectly legitimate Dr. Babble, what's it called, you know? Yeah, I don't Maybe I was, it's because I wasn't on board. Maybe it's because I've never quite wanted Davison's doctor. And so when he's given this stuff, I'm not enjoying it. It's just like, oh, you're just feeding stuff into the machine. Oh, that's interesting. Just, I don't know. Like the, How do you feel about Davison's doctor in this in this serial? Do you feel differently about him or is it the same old fifth doctor who just doesn't appeal to you? Which, fair enough either way. I don't know if it is different, but... No, I think it did feel different and I think I'm struggling to put my finger on it. But I think that this narrative element, which I appreciate I have not justified very well. Um, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I've, I've scanned through the, the transcript for doctor, as in, you know, yeah. the, the dialogue prompt, not just the word doctor. And I feel like he has more lines than probably a lot of serials. I'd be interested to compare. And I just don't think any of it was particularly good. It was just, it was just feeding the plot. It was just, <laughs> well, sure. this thing is happening. It must be because of this. We're not going to explore it any yeah, further. Get, I'm just going to tell yeah, you it's because saying. of this. And no one else was in a position to question. It wasn't able to have like dialogue about it. I think it just felt very lectury, I suppose, but yeah. not in an interesting way. I see what you're saying. And I, not wanting to shoot myself in the foot, I agree with you. But I think that's partly, at, at least uh, as to my recollection, that's partly because they don't have time to show. So it becomes more about tell like it's tell don't show because we don't have time <laughs> uh, yeah. or possibly we don't have a budget <laughs> all we have is powder to make people look like ghosts that's all <laughs> uh yeah so i i think you kind of have to rush through a lot of this stuff and w which is why i'm also inclined to forgive some other elements of the episode or the the serial 
that under normal circumstances I would I would slate like in that scene with the you know monkey version of the monkey malice on the wall there are like seven different peeps in the TARDIS one of them is from the 17th century the others are from the 80s they've never encountered aliens been inside a spaceship or anything but like there's not one single reaction in there like no one no one is in awe no one is shocked no one goes no one throws up like there's no one fainting with vertigo everyone's just like yeah we're here now all right now what oh there's an alien are you sure you can do that yeah probably all right great but i think that's just because we don't have time to explore that stuff so you just make thing like you take things for granted and if it's not possible to take them for granted you have to explain that they are to be taken for granted i mean i feel like you're being quite generous like there's only oh, so maybe. much you can you can go well they've condensed a <laughs> thing like they chose to do this. Like you can write a fifty-minute worth of television, That's true. Yep. You know, and it'd be good. Of course, you can. That's yeah, what gotcha. modern mm-hmm. New Who does every time. Like they <laughs> they have forty-five-minute episodes. Yeah, um, they haven't like they haven't pretended. Oh, we're writing a half hour, one and a half hour script. Shit, we've only got forty-five minutes. Oh, that's okay. They'll forgive us. You know, <laughs> we'll cut some stuff. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to make a bit read of these two pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing where we were going to go on a location shoot. It's fine. We'll just get Matt Smith to read about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so that bit, actually, uh-huh. I had the exact same reaction when shitloads of okay. people go into the TARDIS. A, I'm not massively a fan of when shitloads of people go into the TARDIS. No, um, nor I. But the lack of reaction. And I almost thought we were going to get some reactions, but or, or at least like the start of it. Because Doc started saying, like, quietly now. And I thought it was... He was kind of like going, oh, I don't have time to deal with you all going, oh my God, it's bigger on the inside or whatever. And I, I kind of got on board with that. But it turned, turned out that that was him saying, quiet everyone, because of the monkey malice. And it had nothing to do oh, yeah. with him trying to go, oh, I appreciate this is all new to, to you. Like, you're, you guy in your um, 17th century outfit, you're much more used to think about history, not future stuff. Yeah, this is a, this is a time machine. This is a spaceship don't just pass out right now yeah none of that we just like oh be a bit quiet because there's a there's a weird space monkey on the wall okay great (laughs) yeah you know what i buy it i'm on board (laughs) (laughs) right i'm really sorry i i I see what you're saying i i get what you're saying (sighs) okay i suggest we move on to another either another scene or another element of this and see uh, who wins that argument because undoubtedly we're going to disagree on some stuff i'm sure there are things that we will agree on by the way like th- there are plenty of things in my notes but like what the shit is that that's nonsense and there might be one or two bullet points on your list as well that are like i love this this is great <laughs> i mean Good you might be disappointed though <laughs> 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 You're definitely disappointed there. Oh, actually, you know what? Since you brought up the fifth Doctor before, can I just say, I liked him in this one. Like, I liked him, sorry, I liked him more in this one than I have in the past. I the think, fifth Doctor. think he was a little bit more authoritative, and he seemed, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, silly nice. He wasn't so polite and friendly all the time. He took some risks and uh, was a little bit of a badass, and yeah. I th- I think that niceness dropped away pretty quickly. I think he is a bit of an arsehole. I think that's now established really? his character trait, and I don't like it. Like they, everyone always goes on about the only sixth doctor Tegan. being like, is it only towards Tegan? No, I think he did it. Maybe it's just to women. I'm pretty pretty sure he did it to. Um, oh Jesus, really? 
What's she called? Uh, Miss Hamden. I feel I feel like there might have been some instances of that as well. Oh, no. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't. I've not picked up on this at all. No, he's, he's probably like it's a Turlo as well, to be fair. I think he's too nice to Turlo. I think at some point he should just go, Turlo, you're a backstabbing asshole. He should trick Turlo into thinking that he's taking him back to his place. And then instead he puts him in a shack on the moon with just a bunch of, you know, enough oxygen and food to last him a lifetime. And it's just <laughs> him in a shack. <laughs> yep, I'll be or take that. him to his homeworld, but at the wrong time, like a thousand years too early, or just after, like arriving just at the point where the last of his species are dying of natural causes. That's it. Screw you, Tolo, <laughs> you're here forever. I told you I'd bring you home. And then he just flips him the bird and leaves. Yeah, or the last kind of rescue ship is is setting off to abandon the planet because it's uninhabitable. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm sure you'll make it. <laughs> Here's a lunchbox. I borrowed yeah, it from. I love some that. That's great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, hang on. What were we talking about? <laughs> oh, see, I haven't really. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I. Mm. I recognize that he's been an asshole to Tegan, and I'm not on board with that, because I've I've warmed to Tegan at this point, but, um, yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, I quite enjoyed him in this one. He had one really nice scene where he was, it, it felt almost Tom Bakery, where he, he puts a coin in his hands, and he just, like, he's looking at his hands he, and trying to guess which hand he put the coin in. It's like, oh, damn, I got the wrong hand. I thought that was hilarious. I was close to liking it. I don't think okay. I did in the end. Okay, that's fine. I think if in a different serial, I think I would have liked it. But because I wasn't really enjoying stuff, I found that not that great either. But it, Okay. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I can go as far as say it was nice. It was okay. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. All right. Volunteer a different uh, subject. Where, where are we going from here? So the character of Will. Yes. Is the one that gets pulled through time for reasons um I will chandler very very little understanding of why he is present but when he when he first appeared yeah i mean i rather nicely wrote down quasimodo but it, it was almost like <laughs> oh, the serial the oh, wow. you just cited like black orchid i felt like he was like sneaking around i could have sworn he had like half his face missing wait is that the same guy I thought it you're was. You're right, there was a dude. I don't think it's Will, but you're right, there was a dude who whose eye was overgrown. Is that someone else? I don't think that person comes back into the story, though, do they? I think if that might... someone else. Uh, th this is blowing my mind, because I had totally forgotten about that character, but you're absolutely right. I think that's just another random dude from uh, the 17th century who's somehow been caught in all of this. Because, uh, I mean, Will has both of his eyes left. He doesn't have... I mean, the other guy, he seemed to have like either a growth or a scar across his face that entirely had overgrown, you know, grown over one eye. Yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe I'm being really stupid, but, but I, I feel I don't like... Think you're very, I don't think you're being stupid at all. I'm going to scrub through the episode right now to find this dude, because what the hell, you're so right. Like, I feel like there's definitely a continuity problem here. Either it's Will and he loses that makeup of half his face gone, or yeah. there's a character introduced which just disappears. 
Yeah, in the, in the transcript, Doc is talking to a character saying about, I want Tegan's bag. And the character who had half the face missing is the one that took Tegan's bag. I'm sure of that. All right, okay. And then that character is then identified as Chandler, Will Chandler. Really? But when, when I've just gotten to the point where Chandler Will crashes through the wall, because this church is made out of paper, <laughs> uh, and he's not carrying the bag... No. What happens to the bag? Does the bag just get lost? I think that's another dude, man. I think that dude is another dude. There we go. Yeah, he's even dressed differently. I'm, I'm, I've found the dude. He's at the very start of part one. Four minutes in, there's this dude. I don't know who he is. <laughs> he's just referred to as the figure. The figure runs for the staircase going up. Doctor, please, wait, please. Did you see his clothes? We're in the wrong century, says Tegan. Yada, yada, yada. The disfigured man from the crypt watches from behind a gravestone. Disfigured man knocks the doctor down. Yeah. Uh, in fact, okay, check this out. In the transcript, so he's described as the disfigured man, and here is an actual sentence from the transcript. They are clearly two different people, because it says, Will runs to the door and tries to open it. The disfigured man turns towards him, and he scrambles out with a cry. Then the apparition transforms into a cavalier. Oh, it's it one of the that... apparitions. Exactly. Could it be that he's just for some reason the malice has taken on this shape but then it seems really weird to me that he would also steal the bag yeah i don't yeah. i don't really recall the bag getting returned oh, no, no, i'm right. so confused it's like, really weird i watched this serial i wasn't particularly enjoying it but i watched it and <laughs> i was super confused it really felt like they were the same character and i'm pretty sure the dialogue yeah. that i'm looking at in the transcript makes it sound like doc was chasing this disfigured, disfigured man yeah and then, and then he sees will will, will burst through yeah. yeah and it's just like what <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, there is also the scene where, and maybe you can explain this to me, because I'm, I mean, this is kind of, this is one of the bullet points that I wanted to talk about at the start. When the bag actually gets stolen, Tegan is trying to get into a, a barn or something. Someone just like grabs the bag from inside the barn. She's like, hey, what are you doing with my bag, man? She goes into the barn. There are some malice sparkles. And then she sees like even more geriatric Iggy Pop. And goes, yeah, screams. Turlo shows up, saves her. She doesn't talk about Iggy Pop. And they leave. <laughs> so very possibly, the dude who stole the red bag is in fact the Malice. And he transformed into Iggy Pop. I guess. But why, dude, why I think does this he... is the most confused we've ever been. <laughs> why, do, why does the Malice want a fucking handbag? <laughs> I don't know why the man... I if mean, I had to guess, I would say that these are... Sorry? Sorry, yeah. go for your guess. Go for your guess. No, no, sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you. Go for it. No, I'm, I'm going off a different different point. Fin finish what, we're, what we've started. Come on. Okay, if I had to guess... Mm, yum, Negroni. If I had to guess, this script was... I mean, we already know that... Th this is in the trivia. We know that this script was truncated. Like, heavily truncated. And if I had to guess, that actually was another character from, let's say, the 17th century. But he somehow got written out, and the way that they solved it was just to go, let's just make the assumption that he was also an apparition. I, re I reckon that's that's what happened. So there's... Here's a, here's a bit of trivia. I, I grabbed this from... My IMDb, I think. Eric Pringle, the writer, was unhappy with Eric Sword's rewrites, believing that they made the story confusing and rushed. Is it not possible that um, Eric S. went, yo, Eric P., I'm going to cut about 30% or something of your story. <laughs> this is redonkulous. 
Cut, 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 snip, 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 snip. This dude's got one eye. Snip, 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 snip. Now he's Iggy Pop. I mean, yes. Um, did, you, did you see that this was originally submitted in the mid-70s as a script as well? Like, this has been was kicking it? around for a decade. Oh, I mean, no wonder it's undergone a bit of a transformation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it so it was apparently it was a four-parter, as I think you said, or at least we've surmised. Um, yeah. And it was originally titled War Game. <laughs> yeah, then, I know. Then after being trimmed down, they went with Poltergeist, I think. Is that right? And yep. then finally it got That's changed right. to The Awakening. Like, I mean, we hear yeah. this a lot with the history of classic Who serials. But every now and again, you see it <laughs> written down so so clearly. is like a decades-old script cut in <laughs> half. Gone yeah, from the cut name in half. War Game <laughs> to The Awakening. It's like, what the hell did they actually leave? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> would it not have been easier to just to write a different script <laughs> yeah or i mean if it was intended to be a four-parter maybe just leave it as a four-parter <laughs> yeah get rid of something else there, there are two two-parters in the season get get rid of the other one have a four-parter actually there is trivia about that i oh? think the forthcoming two-parter is longer episodes because the trivia for this serial is this is the last oh, really? two-parter with just 25 minute episodes oh that's interesting yeah does that mean that i mean is it just that two-parter that's going to be longer or are all episodes going forward just a little bit longer i don't know so what i did see is because we were poking about with seeing the end of this season and stuff is that two-parter was i think written as a four-parter of 25 minute episodes and then for some reason it was televised as a two-parter of 45-minute episodes. I don't know, something like that. We'll, we'll oh, obviously get okay. to that. But maybe yeah. maybe they did weird things like that to broadcast into a certain schedule. So they, they crammed two episodes together, perhaps. Maybe. Or there was just a an odd quirk in BBC scheduling those those two weeks. Oh, wait, yeah, hang uh, on, it's not even those two weeks. This is the weird season where everything's being aired every other day yeah because yeah this this one was the 19th of january 1984 and the 20th of january 1984 oh the two best days ever slash the two most confusing days ever <laughs> i mean yeah okay okay are, are we For, yeah i mean i think we got to the bottom we of were that. talking about <laughs> yeah which, i'm confused just being confused i think <laughs> i don't even know what we're discussing anymore <laughs> What else is there to say about Will? He's a kid from the 17th century. Do you find him palatable? Because he was, for a time, by Eric P., considered a potential companion. My take on that would be, holy fuck, did we dodge a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> he appears as a companion in a couple of uh, novels. Oh, right. Um, did, I, did I find him? Yeah, here we go. He turns up in two novels, The Hollow Men and The King of Terror. Yeah, I mean... And that actor, he... Oh, sorry, go for it. I say, like, I'm, I'm not opposed to the concept, but the portrayal that we had in this serial, if that's what we would get forever, yeah. that would grate on me, like... Yeah, exactly. Cheese grater ripping off my skin. <laughs> oh, that's... That's a dreadful image. <laughs> Wait, which skin? No, I'm kidding. The... the... <laughs> The the actor who played Will Chandler or Chandler, Keith Jane. I looked him up on IMDb. I looked up all these dudes on, on IMDb. And the biggest credit that I could find for him was 
as the titular character in the TV series Stig of the Dump. I'm aware of Stig of the Dump. I, I think more as a book. I don't really remember any of the details. Though. Oh, okay. It's like, it's a kid's show. A boy discovers a, a, a child caveman, a cave boy, living in a dump. And oh, this right. dude played the cave boy. I was thinking his makeup was probably very similar to what he was in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's just a little bit older. Not that much older, but yeah. While we're at it, there's another, there's a Doctor Who connection here. There's an actor we've encountered before. In fact, I think there are a couple, but there's one in particular. Hutchinson, the lead arsehat, he was Dr. Fendelman in Image of the Fendal. And he looks completely different. Image of the Fendal. Yeah, Image of the Fendal is the one that, it, at the start of it, there are these scientists putting together a, a skull puzzle. They're like, mm, we're piecing together these bits. Oh, it's a skull! <laughs> Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. I couldn't tell you what it was about, though. I don't remember. I'm going to have to listen back to that one, actually. But he, anyway, he was Dr. Fendelman. And uh, in just Googling this dude, I now can't... I didn't make a note of his name. Sorry. But in Googling him... He looked so incredibly different that it was only afterwards that I went, oh, yeah, of course that's a wig and fake beard. <laughs> it, it didn't dawn on me whilst watching this serial that that is not, you know, that's not what he looks like. Anyway. I, yeah, I'm struggling to picture him in that and I'm struggling to think which one he was in this. He's the but main he's, dude. He's, he's the, the dude main guy. who's... He's the guy who's leading everything. Okay. So I oh, must yeah, not have... You ruined everything, Tegan's granddad. <laughs> no. Colonel. You ruined everything, Colonel. That guy. Yeah. I'm Dr. Well, Fendelman. Damn it. Like, I'm sure I reviewed that one. That's not that long ago. That's a Leela thing. Yeah, yeah. I definitely reviewed that one. Okay. I must not yeah. have realized at the time or have forgotten that I probably already spoke about this. Because he's in some Red Dwarf stuff. And I super recognize yes, him from that. I saw that. And yeah, I would not think that was the same person at all. <laughs> Bingo. That is a okay. freaking okay. actor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and to be fair, actually, like... It was an over-the-top character, definitely, and very yeah. deranged. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was uh like if if I'd cared about the setting, if I'd given a shit from the start why these LARPers were maybe a threat, or I don't know, just why someone charges at Miss Ham- Hampton, is it? Yeah, I've forgotten her name again. Miss Hampton. I can't remember with a with a uh, lance as like the very first yeah. thing. Like <laughs> No, I was just like so confused straight away. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's it's like some pretty dang severe method acting. <laughs> and but you're a you're aware that this is like your friend. <laughs> and <laughs> is, is it also not then? is it meant to be though that it's only Hutchinson that's really under the influence of the malice? So what the fuck's everyone uh, else doing? Yeah, but that other guy, Willow, is definitely also under the influence of it. Because Willow is like, such a bastard in this. He's the dude who steals Tegan's clothes and is like, hey, you're going to be the oh, queen of the May. Yeah, yeah. Wear this. That guy. He like, beats people up. He's a real bully. He's like the Biff Tannen of this episode. <laughs> but I, I wasn't convinced that they were meant to be all under the influence. I don't know. You, you, you feel like that was pretty clear and established. Yeah, only because it seemed as though the entire village was happy to burn Tegan alive. Yeah, but uh, 
But at the same time, like Hutchinson was a level above everyone else. Like Hutchinson was saying killer, and there would be some reluctance. Yeah. And then that's who that's was true. the second? Who was the Wolsey? Like Wolsey's the one that yeah he ends up helping people out in the end. Yeah. And like, why would that be possible if everyone is under the influence? No, that's true. He somehow he he's certainly not as much under the influence, and he's some or. At the very least, he manages to break through the spell somehow. But do you remember when they're down in the crypts next to the TARDIS? There are these two dudes. I can't remember who they are. I think maybe one of them is Willow uh, and and some other dude, like expendable guy. And they're trying to break into the TARDIS. At a certain point, they're fighting each other and the malice is like, yeah, I'm a monkey. And then as soon as they're knocked out cold, the malice goes, like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Oh, I don't know what's happening. And when they wake up, I feel like they just break them up. You know, like the, the, the good guys pull them apart. And as long as they're pulled apart, they're peaceful. But then at a certain point, they snap again. And, um, well, one of the dudes goes upstairs and gets decapitated. Like, anyway, oh, yeah. I, my point is, I'm not describing that very well, but my point is that I think those two dudes are under the influence because they're like, they're fighting for no reason. They're just being aggressive in a way that doesn't make sense. Yeah, and the only thing that will snap them out of it is, I think, Doc and Turlow, like literally bludgeoning them with giant stones. Oh yeah, Turlow finally gets to smack someone around the back of the head with a rock, which is you're right. Yes, what he was asked to do <laughs> at the very start. Yeah, character arc achieved. Bing, 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 bing. Well done, Turlow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm almost happy for him. I don't think I can quite stretch that far. <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> you know what? We okay. haven't talked about the... Oh, sorry, go for it. Well, I was, maybe you were about to say the same thing, but the, the giant malice head. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> or you brought in a reference to a film I don't think either of us have seen, but you've seen some of. Zardoz. I've seen about half of it twice. I cannot make myself get through that film. Yeah, it's a super weird film, but it has that giant head. You know, it has that massive stone head, which this looks exactly like. You know, imagine if this... Imagine if the malice, Zodos, and the face of Bo played poker or something. Like, there should be... You know that painting of the dogs playing poker? There should be that, but with those three giant heads. <laughs> oh, if I had more artistic skills, I would be on that. <laughs> Yeah, actually, the um, the photo they have on the Wikipedia entry for this episode, it really has face of bow vibes about it, actually. Yeah? Oh, interesting. Because I'm heading there now. It's, um, yeah, it's a photo from when it was on display at a Doctor Who exhibition, or is still on display. Oh, really? at the, I don't know. And it's it's just the face. Oh, it's a very close-up oh, of it. Oh, there it, it is, yeah. looking down. So it's all, all out of context of the, the crack and stuff. Yeah. What's your beef <sighs> with the face of bow? Uh, the malice? Well, I'm... I'm really split with it because I think the static look of the model or, yeah. I don't know, it felt like they made a real size thing. You can't call that a model. I don't know what you call it. I thought was really good. Like seeing that photo on the Wikipedia entry, I think looks lovely. Yeah. I really the moving couldn't... eyes, the moving lips. Oh, no. The animatronics, I just, ugh, no, I couldn't get on board with. I felt they just looked really cheap and tacky really brought down the whole look for me <laughs> for me it was the smoke that brought it down well the smoke yeah that made it just either. feel like utter shit <laughs> but as a statue just as a prop it's very impressive yeah i think that was what was so like depressing i'm gonna use that word because they kept cutting back to it as well and they would 
they would cut back to a <laughs> tiny bit of the wall falling down a bit more. So the crack's getting bigger and there's more smoke. Yeah. And they would then yeah. zoom in on the animatronic mouth, which looked shit. And it's just like, no, you've taken this really incredible thing that you could have lit amazingly well and just had it yeah. ominous in the background sort of thing. And they just focused on the cheapy theme park side of it. And it was just like, ugh. I don't think that it's coming across, but you are absolutely talking my score down. <laughs> like, just so you're aware. <laughs> Not just with this argument. Like, in general, you are being... You're very successful. <laughs> um, okay, here's another thing about the malice. Where is it? Where is it hiding? Is it just that the walls are hollow and enormous? Or is it in a secret room? And if so, how did it get in there? It's bigger than the door. Wait, there is no door. That means, did they build a church around it? How is it there? Where is there? Is it flat? Is it just a flat face inside a wall? Doesn't solve my problem. How did it get in there? That's a bloody good point. I don't think I cared enough to really think about the practicalities. And like, <laughs> what is it? Is it just this head? And it's a creature, We, I think is established. It somehow we got here a... with a spaceship. Is it? Is Oh... It's not that it is the spaceship, is it? Well, I did wonder that at some point, but I, I felt like there was almost this question posed and Doc said, no, it's it's biological. Well, you know, it's, right, it's a yeah. creature. So I it's can't a, remember. Oh, right, so it might be a creature. I mean, the monkey malice seems to be more of a creature. But then what kind of creature? I mean, Todd's Wikia seemed to insinuate that it's some sort of machine, like a, a war machine, but it also it controls... <laughs> ghosts basically <laughs> like it, it create it has psychic abilities yeah what is that what what's that about no freaking clue i mean to what end <laughs> to what, what? end <laughs> what's the point malice <laughs> okay here's another thing what the fuck is it called a malice like, let's call it bad let's call it evil why this bloody nominative determinism or if it had just been called some if it had been called bonus it would have done nothing but good in the world but someone <laughs> decided we're gonna call this dude malice <laughs> what a dick okay here's another thing it's like breathing smoke and it's being really creepy doc one's like oh no i'm gonna run away and then he just stands there faces it like his face is in the smoke that's the cliffhanger isn't it but he oh, does God, it yeah. again in part two like why run away it's a face he can't run after you he's a face <laughs> what's he gonna yes. do get on board the shitting all over this train leon come on <laughs> you know what you could do sneak up behind him sneak up behind the face what is he gonna do whip its hair back and forth <laughs> oh no you've awakened something in me it's because we're talking about the malice all of a sudden it's got it's evil tentacles have have clasped it's gotten a hold of my rating yeah anyway i found the thing that i was referring to so miss hamden jane asked the yeah. question was it a beast or a machine and doc says uh -huh. oh a living being re-engineered as an instrument of war and sent here to clear the way for an invasion oh okay i mean this this is part of the thing that i was referring to earlier it's like how does doc know that why does doc know that but i think he just knows like because he knows about alien species i mean he talks a little bit about the the um that metal tinkla tinklavin tinklavin whatever it is when they find the like alien metal oh, which yeah. by the way i think they just leave in the 80s in a village yeah. here have this alien metal uh, which by the way that means there's a spaceship somewhere <laughs> 
have it, but um, he mentions the pteroleptals, and I, I don't remember this, but I looked it up, and this metal is mentioned in the pteroleptal episode that we did. Uh, the What's it called? The Visitation? I'm going to have to look it up. But I, I, well, I think it is The Visitation, it's me. This, that's the Great Fire of London one, is it? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, there you go. The Visitation, the pteroleptals. So they had that metal, okay. Tink Lavin. So... So yeah, he's like, in, he's sort of encountered it before, and yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm mostly okay with the handwaves. I accept that in a different serial, the level of Doctor Techno Babble hand wavy stuff wouldn't have pissed me off quite so much. Fine, whatever. But yeah, okay. So there's <laughs> there's this metal which hints, if not actually gives proof that there was a spacecraft. There's the fact that there is a alien creature here, which yeah. gives hint, if not evidence, that there was a spacecraft. So what about the spacecraft? Like people are asking the question. Like, was there a machine? No, it's a living thing. Well, okay, how did the living thing get here? Like, not even your question of, like, why is it inside the wall of a church? Just how did it get to Earth? And then what does that mean? And it's... And are we happy that it's just collapsed the church on itself and then somehow exploded it? Um, <laughs> you know, is that good enough? Uh, you know, I wouldn't be satisfied. I mean, the answer is no. That's not yeah. good enough. <laughs> that there's lots of alien just crap. A lot of alien gizmos remain in the English countryside in the eighties. Probably not the safest thing. One of them tried no. to take over the world. Also, if this is there just to just like infantry, or not even like infantry, like this is the mortar gun like this goes in and kills most people and then an invasion force comes in then that invasion force still exists you've just disabled the the initial weapon you know you killed big bertha but there's still a freaking yeah. army out there so what isn't that of any concern to us like should, should we not bear that in mind yeah definitely i don't remember how it got to earth i think it was just sent here and i am happy with that explanation <laughs> 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 Okay, are you... All right, okay. <laughs> yep. Are you happy with this being linked to Ke Tegan's grandfather, yeah. who we didn't even know existed? I've written Uncle Tegan all over my notes. I was pretty sure it was grandfather, but... Um, yeah, it is grandfather. I've just Googled yeah. it. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I mean, he didn't look that old, to be fair. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well done. <laughs> You'll forever be Uncle Tegan to me. I'm so sorry. I rudely cut you off. Please, please <laughs> carry on. Sorry. Like, A, the fact that... So, for many, many serials, there's been this thing about Tegan wanting to go home. And now yep. it gets turned into Tegan wants to go home so she can see her grandfather, which is yeah. just a little bit weird. Okay, New. whatever. <laughs> yeah. New. Makes it very specific now. Okay. And then it just so happens that the grandfather has been researching the malice, has been kidnapped yeah. by a crazed man under the influence of the malice. It was just a little bit, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. So a question for you. You said that this script had been just lying around since the 70s. That would insinuate that if if the Doctor and companions were still in it, it would be a different companion. Like it wouldn't be Tegan. So maybe it is yeah. some other companion who just happens to have an uncle in the countryside. And, you know, it's, it's not so much a case of, I really want to go back to Earth. It's more just like a, hey, let's just take a break from traveling around space and time and just, I, I want to go and see, sorry, my grandfather, I just want to go and see how my granddad's doing. I don't have a continuation to that sentence. I think maybe that happened. <laughs> 
if it was mid seventies, would that make it yeah. more likely to be like Leela or Romana would be a bit too late? But it... it wouldn't be Leela. I want to go to the Vindex. Let's have a look at the Vindex. Right. So it could be, let's say, uh, Joe Grant, Liz Shaw. Uh, I mean, it could even be Sarah Jane Smith, right? Like, it, it could be... I don't think it would be Leela, because Leela is not from Earth. Leela's just a really That's cool That's what lady. I mean. Like, the whole relative connection wouldn't be there, potentially. It's just Doc and said companion of the time frame go to Earth. So I know that this... This was at least planned for after the daemons because I read in the trivia that um, like there are some serious similarities between this one and the daemons, and I read in the trivia that um, Mr. Pringle had been sort of it had been insinuated that maybe he was ripping off the daemons, and he went, "Oh no, I never watched that serial. Okay, I, I, that's pure coinkidink." <laughs> sure, yeah, I mean maybe. <laughs> Isn't that handy? Yeah. yeah. Maybe it would have been um, Sarah Jane, actually, because she, she came in yeah. at like 73, and that kind of would have worked, I suppose. First broadcast 1973. Uh, anyway. Yeah, exactly. The Time Warrior. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. It does explain why it makes no sense that Tegan suddenly has a granddad. Yeah. If, I'm assuming... mention him. No. I'm assuming this character will never appear again. Definitely not. <laughs> well, I say definitely. Those famous last words. I mean, that was it. That was... <laughs> he. He's in this serial. He goes missing. He comes in at the end. I don't, does he even give any, any information that is useful? I feel like he's just there. What's his job? Because he's doing some sort of research on the subject of the malice, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I assumed he was just like a bit of a busybody. He's just like, ah, uh, having a look into this, you know. <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah. But I have no idea. Well, it looks like uh, you might need a refill, and I'm going to kill what's left of my Negroni so that I can merit a refill of my own. How about we cut to a word from our sponsor this <laughs> this week? Very appropriate commercial coming your way, podcast lads. New from Funky Toy, it's the Doctor Who and the Malice playset. Hooray! This chapel sure is spooky. Use the amazing left erection in the back to release the malice. It's awakening! Run! His eyes move from left to right and even glow in the dark. Oh no! Tegan's been captured! Use a secret escape tunnel and save the day! Quick, follow the doctor! Take that, you malice! We win! Yay! Peasant Will action figure not available on all centuries. Suction cup, sticky car window, vomiting malice style sold separately. Well, hey! Yes, that's right, Podcast Land. Not a real uh, real sponsor, but definitely a real ad. Thank you very much, Peter Zunich, the Zunmeister, for that contribution. That is a freaking awesome stuff. Podcast Land, there may be more of those coming up in future. Thank you very much, Peter. Presumably unearthed from the BBC archives. I think I had that place up. <laughs> Not really. Do you have any points to go I to? Do. Yeah? Okay, come I on. I do. Then. I have a question for you, and it's the it's the equivalent of a Corridus or Corridons. Oh, okay. Except it doesn't have a snazzy name. If you insist on a malice-shaped trapdoor in your floor, do you make sure that the hidden button to open said trapdoor is roughly foot-sized and on the floor where frequently <laughs> feet reside? <laughs> 
I mean, I obviously would because I would also set up a camera and just watch people being catapulted across the room as they're just walking around casually. <laughs> How nice is that, though, as a prop? What, the little slidey up slab? Yeah, exactly. Like, it looks like a, like a malice. You press the face. I, I mean, it's so ridiculous that he goes like, wait, hang on. I know exactly what to do. I press this thing. <laughs> no one's ever stepped on that bit of floor before. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and the thing comes up. But like, it looks really nice. Yeah, it was doing what it was meant to do. <laughs> yeah, abs- absolutely, dude. It does lead I mean, me to a different point of contention, though, or a different okay. complaint. Would you agree that these tunnels are a little too convenient? I mean, they're stupidly convenient. I mean, what even are they? Why is there a tunnel with a malice? Why is there a tunnel? Face on it. <laughs> Why? Like, it does, it makes, like, your point about it makes how, no sense. how did the malice get in the wall, it really seems like there was a cult, because there's a there's a yeah. depiction of the malice. I mean, it's claimed to be the devil, but, you know, on the, yeah. well, the lectern thing. And then there's the thing on the slab, which is a secret passageway, and it's like, okay, th- there should have been, which like, the cult of malice to... somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who built this church? Yeah. Like, why, if they're just thrown into a random cell, why is there a trapdoor in the cell that leads all the way into the offices of the bad guy who put them in the cell in the first place? That's It's yeah, so ridiculous. Didn't, didn't connect. Because Miss Hamden, she, she finds a secret thing, comes down some stairs, and Doc has just gone down the malice passageway and hides yeah. under the stairs. Yep. So there's, there's like Excellent board hiding, though. Well done. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So there's a secret passageway from a house, which also ends up in the same passageway as the church or something. I don't know. Was it all in the church? Has the church got a uh, uh, like vicarage next door or something? I don't know. I don't think it is all in the church because it seems as though they, I mean, they arrive in the church and it seems as though they've traveled for a little bit, like they've traversed a certain distance before they encounter, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sir George. Yeah. Uh, Shakespearean Peter Gallagher. <laughs> Before they encounter his men, like they've they've wandered, and they even tell him like, "Oh, we we came by a, via the church." And he's like, "Oh, don't go there; it's about to crumble." Yeah, because you lose structural integrity when you build houses around faces. But <laughs> regardless, I don't understand. You're absolutely right. This tunnel should not exist. There's no point in this tunnel being there. I don't understand why it connects all the convenient places. I don't understand why the door opened in the first place. Like, why did um? teacher lady i can't remember her name now why did she find the door open yeah i'm not quite sure what she did i think it it might have been a cliche of moving a book or a, a lantern or something I, oh I maybe don't, oh don't maybe yeah you're right okay another question for you how did they manage to swap tegan out for an effigy and sub question how did they make that effigy <laughs> <laughs> uh don't know don't know okay right okay 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 <laughs> It's it's taken. She's in her normal clothes after that. Then is she? I think she, she gets, must be. Yeah. She gets her stuff back. Yeah. Yeah. When when? But wait, hang on. No, I'm gonna have to look up another part of this. Is part part two? I think I'm gonna have to look this up because I'm pretty sure that when Tegan gets like that when they set off, that is Tegan on the whatever it is, you know, on the little cart. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I felt. I, I don't think I was looking particularly closely, but it felt very obvious when it's the the mannequin or, or whatever you want to call it that yeah, that was not gonna pass for Tegan. And I'm pretty sure it looked like Tegan when it set off. Dude, I'm just looking I <laughs> 
it, it's the effigy. Oh, is it really? I don't know how they did that. But it, then don't we see at the very least Tegan getting on the on the carriage, not carriage, on the cart. Because there are guards around. Because otherwise it's just like someone carrying a hay real doll in and you're like just plonking, <laughs> plonking it on the chair. No one's going to buy that, you know? I mean, what did any of that achieve anyway? Oh, the whole, oh, this whole plot is just bonkers and just frustrating. Like, and so much of it seems unnecessary. Like, why Tegan being made... Queen May or whatever is just so yeah, much you can feature sense. in this serial a little bit. I don't know. It's just it doesn't really do anything other than highlighting, you know, misogynistic values from bygone eras. Um True. I'm sure these are things that were in Pringle's original uh, script. Hang on. Sorry. I am I'm I'm watching it at the same time and there is one clip very clearly of Tegan on the cart. Like, she's even waving to people. There are other women around throwing what seems like confetti, basically, at her as she sets off. So she is is real Tegan on the cart. Some At some point between then, they do like a, now you see me, now you don't, <laughs> kind of situation, where they just swap around. Anyway, it doesn't make any sense. Another thing, though, so in response to what you said a second ago, sorry, I've closed it off now. Another thing that I think we've lost in Eric Sword's edit of the script is the background of the Queen of May. We don't find out what that is, what that means. Why did they burn someone? Is that something that, I'm, or is it just me being foreign? Is that something that people are aware of? I mean, I'm not aware of it. I assumed it was historical reference. I don't, there's a thing about the Maypole, and I assumed maybe it was something to do with that. Well, is the Maypole yeah, so originally for burning people? I thought you danced around it. I didn't realize it was to do with I burning. I thought so too. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think yeah, Shit's maybe bananas. I think maybe they've taken this thing. Yeah, so the May Queen is absolutely to do with the May Day holiday, the end of springtime. Yeah. Oh no, it's not the end of springtime, is it? Anyway, whatever. And you do this maypole celebration stuff. And I think maybe they've turned that into a sacrificial uh, ceremony. Okay. As being, you know, slightly demonic is obviously what it's aiming for. I don't know. But yeah, it's weird, underdeveloped. Considering, you know, Doctor Who's meant to be explaining things to you, like it's meant to educate you, isn't it? And whilst we might have learnt that there was a, a battle in the 17th century, we've not really learned anything beyond that. <laughs> no, that's true. That's absolutely true. In no way does it excuse this two-parter, but I reckon that's stuff that we would have learnt in the four-parter. Yeah. Oh. We'll never know. All right. We'll never know. <laughs> what do you want to do? Shall we try to rate this, or do you want to discuss some other stuff? I have one other note that I want to just draw attention to, because I think you probably Let's enjoyed this if you spotted it. If you didn't spot it, you'll enjoy it being pointed out, perhaps. Um, okay. I, I seem to recall, I think it was in The Five Doctors, we were having a lot of fun with scenes where actors were basically pretending that everything, like the coast is clear sort of thing, because there's nothing on the camera screen, you know. But then they take two steps to the left and the camera, you know, shows shows you that there's a Cyberman or, you know, there's, there's now something <laughs> in the distance or whatever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we had a moment of that in this serial in part one. Oh my god, when was that? There was 
so I think it probably is when Tegan gets captured, and I think it's Wolsey is he's just behind the cameraman basically. And yes, you're right. Yeah, Tegan, I think she is runs running through water from, for some reason. Yeah, she runs through the water, and yeah, I think Turlo's being captured or at least attempted captured in the background, and she's looking over her shoulder, sort of thing. And then <laughs> Wolsey just like steps out in front of the camera, and she's like, "Oh no, where did you come from?" <laughs> You know what? I think <laughs> you're so right. I hadn't th- thought about that. And you're absolutely right. That has brought me tremendous joy. I think in addition to that, I think this is an example of Turlo being an utter shitbag because <laughs> yeah, he clearly true. has seen Wolsey and he just like flat out goes, we'll split up. And then he runs to safety. Yeah. <laughs> Sends her off in high heels through a river. <laughs> That's Turlo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's an excellent thing to end on. Nice. Yes, you're right. Well, I'm glad we could find some enjoyment out of this serial. <laughs> well, you obviously found a lot. That's, uh... Definitely. <laughs> shall, we, shall we now find out how much enjoyment you had and whether I've talked you down and how little enjoyment I had and whether you've talked me up? Yes, absolutely. Let's do this. And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 Ratings. Well, I guess it's that time that we try and sum up what we think and give it a number. <laughs> okay, uh, we haven't even decided who's going first, but as I'm talking, I may as well go first, I suppose. It's up to you. I can go first if you like. I'm prepped and ready to go. Screw it. Let's get the bad out of the way, shall we? <laughs> okay. Oh, please tell me that I've talked you up just a little bit. I mean, you kind of had to. Like, I, I wasn't seriously going to give this a zero, but I was not happy after watching this. Let's let's okay. say that in um, as clear as way as possible. That's funny because <sighs> I didn't get that impression. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think like the biggest thing is that the plot just seems to make no sense. Like, more so than any serial I can think of in recent time. Like, we accept that these go through edits a lot of the time, and you have to you have to meet them halfway sometimes to kind of go, oh, that was just a little bit underdeveloped. Whatever. Like, the references to the, yeah, the metal, like, the references to that was there a spacecraft? Was it a creature? Leaving just questions unanswered. You make a very good point, Leon, about like what state nineteen eighty four, whatever this village is left in at the end of it. I mean, all these people that have been cosplaying for how long? And I don't know. Definitely willing to kill kill people. Have they actually killed people? Like, what's the yeah, aftermath definitely. of this? I mean, if I was enjoying it more, you could probably let some of that slide. But yeah, didn't make a lot of sense from what was happening as I watched it. I paused on a couple of occasions to write more detailed notes. And then I'll be honest, towards the end of it, I just kind of gave up. And it's like, no, if you can't, if you can't get me to pay attention and understand what's going on, I'm not even going to bother. Like, I, I was going to read a section of my notes that I had from kind of the middle bit of episode two which is probably the kind of key point where i just really had enough it just says okay exposition 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 doc acting like a prick the context being that tegan says there's something very strange going on and he goes yes i know um (laughs) literally like that um and then the next note is i don't care i don't care i don't care like that's that's what i was feeling (laughs) It's just, it felt like there was just papering over the biggest cracks. And I mean the pun intended with this with this serial. <laughs> like, obviously, they had ripped this to shreds when they went from a four-parter in the 1970s 
to a two-parter in the 1980s. Certainly, yeah. And they just did a terrible job at trying to mask that. Like, even to the point of they had an interesting idea, not very well developed, but an interesting idea coupled with an interesting design of this malice face that's hidden behind mm. a wall. You know, yeah, could have been really cool. The actual look of it was really cool. And then they throw in bright lights, stupid smoke, and really <laughs> crappy animatronics. And that's the stuff that they're focusing on. And it's just like... Well, honestly, if that's what you think is the best thing to do in this situation, please, someone take the keys away from you and just put the sports car in the garage. You're never allowed to drive again. Sorry. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It wasn't all totally bad. I I did have a couple of moments that I kind of liked. At one point, Turlo says to Vernie, when they've been locked up together in some kind of shed, I think, he just says, what do you like as a battering ram? And then we do later on see him just like smash through the wooden door. That was kind of fun. Yeah. And I I didn't know down who this was. I think it's probably Wolsey or or maybe it's Hutchinson himself. But, you know, there's the concept of like you're being a little bit too rambunctious here. You're probably like breaking rules now. You know, you're imprisoning people. And and whoever it is just says, as the local magistrate, I shall find myself quite innocent. Which <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good line. It's a very good line, and like politics around the world, it never goes away. This concept of people abusing abusing their power. So I think it's like it rings universal forever. But I think I'm gonna leave the negative taste in my mouth and and your ears. With the sad thought that also this might be the worst cliffhanger and resolution. For the main thing being that, okay, you might have liked you being the the general you, whoever is listening. You might have liked the look of um, the malice head. You might have liked the smoke and the reveal and the crack. You might have liked the doctor going up towards it as if he was being hypnotized or something. Yeah. Might have might have worked as a cliffhanger. It's like, oh, this could be really impactful. But the resolution is Doc casually walking away sits down he's perfectly fine and then there's just a face in the wall nothing there's there's no real immediate threat it's just absolute nonsense it's just dropped every ounce of tension just gone and it doesn't even yeah you're right go at a pace into the next thing it's just nope we've just forgotten what we're doing hang on we'll just snap over to this other scene now there we go (laughs) and yeah it was just very, very disappointing, which is how I feel about the entire serial. So no, I'm not going to give it a flat zero because that's just ridiculous. But I am going to give it a 0.6. On <laughs> oh, 0.6, I love it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I will tell you right off the bat, you have talked me down, but you have not talked me down to a 0.6, my friend. Um Okay, well, thank you for that. I think it's really strange that Eric Pringle didn't write that many serials. In fact, none other, because, um, you know, once you pop. (laughs) But I kind of assume that there must have been so much more to his four-parter. I I think maybe I'll, I'll, I'll bookend with this. I think there's such potential here, partly overshadowed by the daemons, 
and partly outdone by the fact that, or undone rather, by the fact that it's been trimmed so severely. But I do think it, it has potential. The Doc, to me, he is on top form. Say what you will about the serial. I'll say what I will about the serial. But despite all of that, I'm really liking Davison in this. The companions, I think, are really underused in this one. Tegan, severely so. She's reduced to a mere damsel in distress, which bugs me because there were two or three serials there where she really came into her own and she was awesome and she stopped complaining about everything. Uh, and she finally had a character of her own, a personality. And now she's just screaming and being captured and screaming some more. And that is partly because it's been so cut, so cut short, and partly because she's poorly written in it, or poorly, perhaps, it, it maybe it was written for someone else, and she just doesn't really fit that mold. But it's also because this serial inundates us with plenty more companions of, of the day, companions of the week. You know, we have Will Chanand Bong. He's a hoot but he's pointless. Although I will say I love the scene in the cemetery when the doctor tries to explain to him that he's in the future by pointing out dates in his relative future where people died. Very cool stuff. Sorry, I, I don't normally jump into your review, but yes, because that, that was, or at least could have been a nice scene. But again, it was just like too rushed or, or, or something. It just, it didn't have the impact it could have done. Like you open on a, a gravestone with a date, way into the future and Will's just going what the hell and Doc's like look at that one too and then it just very quickly gives over to that and they're inside and it doesn't matter Will's immediately accepting or it's just never mentioned again yeah I I mean you're right I agree with you but I think that's also something that they had to rush because there's so little time carrying on with the other four companions teacher lady I'm sure she would not hesitate to keep you in detention Colonel Wensleydale geriatric force to be reckoned with um Uncle Tegan, her granddad, kind of fun and charming, but like they're all, they're given tons and tons of screen time, but they're all entirely inconsequential. <laughs> Ditto the foes. Shakespearean Peter Gallagher is straight up redonk, but like, who is he and why? Willow, he's such an evil henchman. It's almost flummoxing to me that he's forgiven at the end and not made the king of the May right then and there. Um, But like, who cares about them? It's all undone. However, the Oscar for at once the best and the worst foe of the week goes to Malice. I personally loved the prop and the animatronics and the lights in his eyes. I even enjoyed the smoke to a certain degree, even though it made me buff. Um, (laughs) I loved him when he was little monkey malice, in particular when he started hurling green gunk inside, like when he's still stuck to the wall. Great stuff. But there are so many flaws to this dude, you know? Uh, where is he? How did he get inside the wall? Is he a monkey or a robot or a head or a necromancer? Are those spectres just apparitions there to scare us? Or was that dude really decapitated in this family show? Why does no one care about that? What's going to happen to his decapitated body? Will they call the police? And why are they surprised when the church caves in on itself? You don't build large structures with hollow walls, you idiots. The greatest asset of this serial is... Quite frankly, everything, including Turlo sitting on a giant can of Jay's fluid, because I cracked up at that for no reason whatsoever. It just looks like he's taking a shit. <laughs> the biggest flaw of this serial is everything that's not in it. 
that I can only optimistically, naively perhaps, idealistically perhaps, but certainly optimistically, positively assume was there to begin with and was just cut. Like, who's the one-eyed guy? Uh, What are the tunnels there for? Yada, yada, yada. We've already talked about that. My main takeaway of this is that it could have been so much more, and I am somewhat swayed by the potential but I cannot deny that I'm also entertained by it. And so you have talked me down. I'm no longer giving this a 3.7. <laughs> I'm giving this a 2.8. Wow. Okay. I talked you down a lot. Oh, I feel bad now. Yeah, there's a massive <laughs> reduction. There's a massive, massive reduction. Okay. It's still it's still over halfway, though. That that means it was yeah, yeah, good I for you. Yeah, I can't bring myself yeah. to giving yeah. this like a sub 2.5. Because I'm That's entertained by it. Are you not entertained? Leon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shall we see if people in podcast land were entertained? Yeah, please. Let's do that. Now let's hear from podcast land. Max 250 or it would get out of hand. Perhaps before we launch into the listener minis, and thanks everyone who sent something in, uh, we should say, and I must personally apologize, I had not updated the website to say that we were recording this review tonight, uh, and so consequently we haven't received as many as we normally receive for the classics. But that does mean we've got four whole listener minis, which we will just Don't read right out. it does! We're just no shenanigans, just in their full splendor. Mm, nice! And That's first, how I like me a mini. That's how you like the minis, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyway, those minis that we were talking about, the first one we have is Stephen. Stephen from oh, Canada. Canada. That's right. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Stephen starts. Orwellian, I mean Cromwellian, LARPers hold a village hostage as Tegan searches for her granddad. Unbeknownst to the TARDIS crew, a giant stone head is awakened, but this Olmec doesn't bring with it legends of some hidden temple. Only death. Stephen continues, with the merging of time and the use of past spiritual iconography, this story feels like a fun ghost story, but I think it could have benefited from more atmosphere. Some shadows and cobwebs go a long way. The lighting they had with that bearded fellow on the other grey projections was perfect. Too bad it wasn't throughout the whole story. If this story had been set at night, it'd be an all-time classic. That's not to say it's bad, though, says Stephen. I quite enjoyed it. The story has a clever pseudo-pseudo-historical and great characters. <laughs> Sets and costumes are excellent. Notable as it was Barry Newbury's final story. Yes, indeed. Some of the side characters would have made great companions. I can picture the Doctor travelling through time and space with Colonel Guy historian lady, and dirty peasant for at least a season. And no, I didn't learn their names. All this talk of war games had me daydreaming about a much better and five times longer story. (laughs) I wonder which one. (laughs) Uh, So in conclusion, Stephen says, overall, this story earns 3.9 Turlo-branded bludgeoning bricks out of five. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Excellent stuff. <laughs> Thank you very much, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Oh, can I correct myself from before as well? It wasn't Turlow and Doc. It was Turlow and Uncle Tegan, Tegan's granddad, who did the bludgeoning before. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, freaking amazing mini, Stephen. Thank you very much. Those of you who would like to follow Stephen on Twitter can do so at S. Andre Etchen. That's right. Thanks, Stephen. Who's next? 
why it's Mr. Kieran Evans. What up, Kieran? Hello. Hello, Kieran. Kieran starts. Hi, folks. Yay! It's the third Davison two-parter and the best of the three. This has long been a favourite of mine, having had the VHS one as one of my first Fifth Doctor stories. It has strong similarities to the Daemons, though apparently these are coincidental, as the writer hadn't seen that one. I think this one is often overlooked, probably due to it being only two parts, but I feel that this is a great little gem. A pseudo-historical with a malevolent ancient force and an exploding church. What more do you need? I mean, personally, quite a lot more, but anyway, uh, Kieran continues... (laughs) Also, Eric Sword added references of Tinklavik and Raga, which is where the Tereleptors had been imprisoned prior to the events of the visitation. So, nice Bingo. continuity there, or hmm. just random references. Also, we have another member of Tegan's family with her grandfather to add to her aunt and cousin that we have already met. Oh, yeah. She must be the most fleshed out character we've had in Classic Who. It saddens me to say that's probably true. (laughs) (laughs) Kieran concludes, it's also nice that the film insets still survive, so they look extra nice now on the DVD and will do even more so on the eventual Blu-ray. So often they don't survive and we are stuck with the poor original transfers, which are soft and washed out. This is classic, classic series Doctor Who. And he gives this 4.5 out of 5. Holy ow, ow, ow. Sound the big hard clacks on. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, Kieran. Thank you very much. That oh, is wow. one huge heart. I'm very happy you got to get way more enjoyment out of this than I did. Good stuff, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, thank you very much, Kieran. Retroactively should note perhaps that Stephen's heart was also pretty pretty huge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm kind of making me regret having been uh, talked down, I'm just saying. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know how that could have happened. What? <laughs> no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> People who are not Kieran can probably partake in Kieran's uh, written output elsewhere as well. Can he be found on Twitter, Jim Cakes? Well, of course he can. Oh, wait, would you even need to ask? Do you not know by now? It's at KJ Evans 2. That's two, the number. Correct. Thanks very much, Kieran. Thanks, Kieran. Who's next? Why, it's that lovely taste of Ed Corbet. It's Ed Corbet or Ed Corbett. It's one of those. That's right, it's Ed. <laughs> Hello, Ed. Hello, Ed. <laughs> Ed? Why, he only goes and starts like this. Doc arrives in 1980s England and runs into the militant arm of the English Civil War Society. You are going to relive the Civil War for real, although we never see anyone from the other side at any point. Yeah, wait, that's a good point. (laughs) It's not so much a reenactment as... weird fantasizing like violence fantasizing they've already murdered them all like there's there's a (laughs) massive police investigation waiting (laughs) yeah exactly this is the whole like wow holy smokes talk about method acting (laughs) yeah anyway yeah yeah (laughs) i've got nothing to add there um ed continues one of the few memories that survived from watching these as a child was the malice's face breaking through the wall presumably for some thrilling climax. The rewatch was somewhat less spectacular, as the villain pops its head in for the cliffhanger and then spends episode two indulging its 40-a-day habit. 
Indeed. And it continues, Normally a Doctor Who story starts with some people in need of help who provide the initial opposition until the main villain reveals itself and takes over. Here, the main villain provides virtually no direct threat to the team because it's influencing humans rather than directly attacking them. It never fully takes over as the villain, so the people that need saving also end up being the villains, which makes most of them unlikable. So we have a villain with no animation, so it doubles as a wall hanging, a big reenactment with only one side, and some hammy peasant from yay oldie days. I know Doctor Who loves its exposition, but importing it from the 17th century for added eccentricity seems excessive. (laughs) There have been several stories that could be argued weren't good, but this is the first I genuinely didn't like. It would be interesting to see if there's any love for it out there. (laughs) And it turns out, Ed... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Rewind two hours. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because Ed gives this 0.9. <laughs> hey, it's your friend who agrees with you, yeah. Jim Gates. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, excellent stuff, Ed. It is amazing stuff, Ed. Weirdly, we seem to be a, a little bit out on a limb so far, <laughs> but I totally agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Ed. I'm loving this, by the way. Like, I, I'm loving the extremes to which <laughs> people are willing to go as in like ratings wise people are willing to go to gauge the merit the value of this uh, this serial absolutely yeah. loving it it's a very we divisive have one, one more i've just seen his rating damn it <laughs> 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 who's this one from jim cakes why we're finishing with the zoonmeister himself peter zunich what up, Peter? Hello. <laughs> Hello, Peter. The obvious comparison is with last season's two-parter, The King's Demons. It's a huge oh. contrast. I love this story. It's not perfect, but what it lacks in direction, it more than makes up for with action. We get an interesting adventure that's appropriately fitting for a two-segment time slot. This is a proper short trip. Retro rewrites. The Doctor is saved from a gunshot because Sir George inexplicably walks out of the room. Maybe he's conflicted about being controlled. Let's show that. Also, as much as I love that they tried to justify changing Tegan's costume, it still doesn't work as played. Let's have him come back and put the bonnet on her. Finally, I think I might have enjoyed Will staying on for an adventure or two as a Katarina-like companion. It would be nice to have it be all magic to someone again. (laughs) Sorry to jump in there. I think I agree with all the retro rewrites except that one. Although, you know what? Actually, wait, I take it back. I wouldn't enjoy a Katarina-like companion, which is possibly what, you're right, it's possibly what this would have been a little bit like. I would, however, enjoy something more akin to uh, wee little Jamie, Jamie McCrimmon. Actually, oh, maybe that's more, mm, mm, maybe I'm coming around to this one, actually. Yeah, yeah, Jim Cakes. Yeah, exactly. Boom. (laughs) This dude needs to be a companion. It's done. I mean, I I disagree, and we don't have it anyway, so it's fine. We can just draw a line under it <laughs> and get back to Peter's review. <laughs> Which we are now into the concluding portion. As for the rest of it, the Malice design is amazing in all of its forms. I want a wall-sized poster. Just imagine the commercial for the Malice playset. Well... <laughs> Imagine no longer. You heard it a while ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. 
Uh, Peter continues, the setting is beautiful and well utilized. It all just works. There's a vague explanation for the monster and it works, but I could wish for just a bit more on the subject. I guess if this were a four-parter, they would at some point have gone back in history, but it really just isn't needed. It's not stellar, but it's quite good just as it is. And earns 3.7 obvious TARDIS door mechanisms. Nice. Oh, that is such a good rating, Peter. Damn it. Why does it have to be such a good rating? (laughs) Uh, Well done, Peter. Thank you very much for sending that in. And again, thank you very much for uh, sharing the the Malice Place It commercial. Very nice. Thank (laughs) you on both counts as well from me, Peter. Good stuff. Well, that's it. That's Listener Minis done with. That's the entire whole shebang about the awakening done with that's right well that is right then what are we gonna be talking about next i guess we will be new hooing next time probably that's right we've got one more review this year that is it and that will be twice upon a time Ooh, exciting stuff yeah appropriately christmas episodes around christmas time Yeah, yeah good stuff uh, after which, we're probably going to jump into bonus territory with uh, one or two bonus episodes. What might that cover, Jim Cakes? Well, I'm pretty sure there's some bloopers out there which could be wrapped into a little present for Christmas. And, uh, <laughs> well, we might have something to say after we watch the New Year's special. That's right. As we are wont to do. <laughs> mm. This is our privilege and pleasure. That's right. But of course, we will come back around to classic territory in a not too distant future, but in the new year, pretty certain of that one. And oh, yeah. we will be reviewing Frontios. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at some point, yeah, 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 at some point, cool your boots, podcast land. We will do another audio review. We are doing that uh, trilogy ish thing so next up we've got the reaping yeah yeah and in the meantime if you really need to reach out and contact myself or leon you can do that of course on twitter i can be found at jimmy the who jimmy the what now wait you said you said the wrong thing no it's jimmy the who (laughs) (laughs) damn you you love it I don't know why that came out sounding so dirty and sinister. <laughs> Apologize. Because you said it, that's why. <laughs> Oi! I'm right here, man. <laughs> and where can they find you? Well, if you want to high-five me, feel free to. I will high-five you right back, dearest podcast land. I can be found at Ponken, P-O-N-K-E-N. Lovely. Well, that wraps it all up into a neat little bowl. Until the next time, you've been a wonderful audience, as you always are. I mean, you're not even uh, rustling your crisp packets or anything. You're brilliant. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's one dude (laughs) who's munching on crisps during this entire episode and just like, as you said that, just stood still. Like, oh no. (laughs) Uh, a, a thought maybe to leave you with this is a very divisive episode it was it was divisive ratings but we had fun we can love doctor who in different yeah. ways that's fine i see a lot of a lot of people right. with the with the current series you know not letting people like it not letting people not like it let's just all be cool and chill about it eh and uh yeah I'll leave you with that and then see ya yeah. be around and excellent to each other lovely lovely podcast land until the next time ciao ciao 
Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash whobackwhen. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at whobackwhen. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, ciao ciao. Who back when?